Rocky called me again and said, hey, guess what? My son's breaking in the business and he's starting out there in Memphis. He doesn't have any money and no place to stay. I said, well, he does have a place to stay. One on one. Today, we've got a very special guest here on 101. He has managed superstars such as Sid Vicious, Kamala, Mr. Hughes, Adam Bomb, Savio Vega, Bertha Faye, and Giant Gonzalez. Just to name a few, because I'm sure there's plenty more. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Bruno, downtown Bruno, to the show. Well, thank you very much, uh, uh, Mac. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here with y'all. And uh, it's funny. Uh, you're right, everything you just said, but when I met Savio Vega, he wasn't Savio Vega yet. He oh. was that mighty quiet. Ah, a little trivia there. Yeah, he became Savio Vega after he demasked, unmasked. But when I was managing him, he was the masked uh, wrestler as quiet. Now, just below uh, downtown, I'm guessing this is the same way you're viewing this right now, but Teddy Long is also here, my co-host, WWE Hall of Famer. Teddy Long, Teddy, how you doing? Hey, man, I'm doing great. Uh, just happy to be right here and do another part of one-on-one. -on -one. And boy, do we have an outstanding guest today. Downtown Bruno, uh, been my good friend for over 20 years, man. You know, we kind of, kind of followed my career and I followed his. So we've, you know, done a lot together. And it's just an honor to have him here on the show today. Bruno, it's an honor for me to be out here with both of y'all. It's very nice to meet you, Matt. Uh, Thank you. For, Same for here. the first time. And tell you, as he said, we've been friends for over 20 years. And... Uh, it's it's great. It's like the only time I, Teddy and I get to see each other anymore is that washed up convention. I'm sorry. I mean, Legends convention. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Last time we ran into each other was in Jackson, Tennessee on Jerry Lawler's 50th anniversary in the wrestling business. Teddy and I were both there. And then we just seen each other last week or two weeks ago at uh, WrestleCade in uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So, uh, uh it's, it's nice to have those conventions. It's great to meet the fans and see some people you used to know, but it's really good to reconnect with old friends that you really were truly friends with, not just acquaintances right. or people you dealt with in the ring. And that's always, now it's great that me and Teddy got to sit together. So during Lowell and the action, we got to, you know, visit and talk and, and, and reminisce. And uh, uh, the, sad, the damnedest thing, uh, a lot of times like you have to come around in front of the table to, get your picture made with somebody or whatever. There was a young fella right. or a young lady in a wheelchair. So I had to come around and get in front of the table to get my picture made with the person because obviously they couldn't, you know, stand, stand up. up. Yeah. So I says uh, to Teddy, he was signing an autograph. He was standing up. I says, Teddy, I moved your chair out of the way. Don't sit back on it because I'm going to, you know, I'm moving it because I had to get around. He goes, <laughs> okay, but I think you didn't hear me right. <laughs> he sat down and I felt just terrible. Hey, Tony, did you bust your ass in a chair? Yeah, well, I was pretty close, so I didn't fall too hard. But that's one of Harvey's ribs, okay? That's it. <laughs> As you know, I've been in the business 43 years. I've never ribbed anybody. Well, you know, and, and you know, I know exactly what to do. I know sold it. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I felt it. Now, all joking aside, I couldn't wait to talk to Teddy. You know damn well I didn't do that on purpose. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. Hey, man, it's all in fun. It's all in a day's work and having fun. Right, we did. I just thank God nobody got hurt. I guess you were just busy signing autograph. You didn't really hear what I said or just whatever. <laughs> just, Teddy, oh, yeah. Teddy could have been in his own little world at that time. You never know. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me ask you just off the top. What uh, should Mac we call you? Do we need to call you Harvey? Do we need to call you Bruno? What do you prefer? Oh, I prefer Br- Bruno's my birth name. And okay, I'm okay. used to it. So yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> Can you explain uh, the difference between uh, who downtown Bruno is and who Doctor Harvey Whippleman is? Well, yeah, Doctor Harvey Whippleman is just downtown Bruno under a different name. Uh, I. I, as I like saying, I dress a little bit different, but other than that, uh, pretty much the same. Just, uh, you know, in WWE, managing a little different. It's a lot more structured and right. less uh, ad lib, you could say, as I did when I was managing in other places, specifically Memphis, which was my bread and butter for all the years, my break. And I worked Alabama, Louisiana, Kansas City, uh, Hawaii. Every organization has got a different style. Uh, in Memphis, I can pretty much call my own spots. If I felt like there was a spot I could get involved in in a match, I would do it. But as, as Teddy will tell you, as another you know longtime manager, WWE it's a lot more structured. So really, it was just I was just in a different. Uh, it's like getting traded from a, one football team to another. You know, maybe the, yeah. the Raiders have a certain style for their defense or whatever, and you go to the Kansas City Chiefs. You know what I mean? It's just same game, just different. Uh, Leadership, I guess you I, could say. I, I got you. Teddy, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. Uh, well, uh, you know, just before I wanted to mention, you know, uh, right, you know, before we really get started and get, get to going here, I wanted to mention, uh, let's, uh, you know, uh, say our prayers for Barry Wyndham. Yes. Uh, I, I heard somebody had a, suffered a heart attack or something like that. So, uh, he was oh, in the Ad- yeah, he was in the Atlanta airport and suffered a, a massive heart attack at the Atlanta airport. Yeah, oh, and- no. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, with Barry, you know, guy, certainly a great, nice guy. I remember working with him, NWA, WCW back in the day. So I just wanted to mention that. Let's let's pray for Barry and uh, hope he gets a speedy recovery. Oh, oh, thank God. That was my next question. So he's he's in hospital care, obviously. Then. Yeah, yes, he's in yes. ICU right now. Yep. Well, thank God. I was, you know, I was scared to death. I was going to hear you don't even, you know what I was going to oh, say. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too, uh, Mac, you know, before we get going too, uh, I wanted to mention a lot of people may not know this, and I'm really glad that we've got Harvey here on the show. Uh, there's a TV series called Little Rock. And a Little lot Rock. of people, I guarantee you, they have no idea that the man that they're looking at here, Harvey Whipperton, is one of the guys that have worked behind the scenes and is certainly responsible for the making of that TV series. And I know people would know that. And that's what I really wanted to bring Harvey on so Harvey could let everybody know, you know, this this guy here is real smart. Okay, don't let don't let that look fool you, okay? <laughs> this guy here, this guy here is really smart. And Harvey, uh, if you can, can you kind of brief us just a little bit and tell us how that got started and how Rock didn't forget about it? That's another thing, too. Let me say congratulations to Rock. Uh, didn't you know a guy never forgets where he come from, and there's so many of them in this business that forget where they come from. And Harvey, he didn't forget about you, and you know, God thank you, man. That that is a blessing. So tell us a little bit about that, Harvey. Okay, I'll tell you what. It's really something. Uh, uh, just a lot of people know this from watching Young Rock or from reading, you know, Dwayne's uh, postings on his on his various social media. But for those that don't, uh, I've known Dwayne since he was a child. Basically, Rocky Johnson, was uh, whose dad was uh, fundamental in breaking me into the business, getting me going in, the, in this profession that I've been in, thankfully, for 43 years now, going on 44. Um, so Rocky uh, brought me to Hawaii in 19, 
I'm the world's worst at years, but I think it was 83. I started the business in 79. I was in Kansas City working for a guy that I'm sure you, if not worked for, know of, uh, Bob Guy. Yes. And I was, uh, he was a great guy and I loved it. I loved being there. I was, I was still young, not even 20 years old yet. But uh, I was there putting up the ring. I was refereeing. I wanted to be a manager. So he finally let me try managing, but he had me standing there at ringside with a suit and tie. Didn't want me to do anything except maybe if I was involved in the outcome of a match or a spot, get up and do it and go stand in the corner again or sit in a cherry. And yeah. that wasn't any fun. And I mean, believe me, I understand we're not in the business to make it fun. But I mean, I don't think it was even fun for the audience to watch that. I liked it. Right. Like in Memphis, I ran around the ring and hollered, yelled, whatever. Well, that didn't start till later. Rocky seen that in me and brought me to Hawaii, let me manage. And that's how I started managing, running around the ring, choking the guy when the referee wasn't looking. Like yeah. we talked about earlier, it wasn't structured like WWE. It's more ad-lib. You see a spot, you take it. Well, anyway, Rocky uh, brought me there to Hawaii. And Lawler, who's my another one of my mentors, my one of my dearest friends, not only in the business, but in the world, came to Hawaii to work some shots for Polynesian Championship Wrestling. And he watched me manage some other guy. And he said, oh, my God, you're a good manager. And he asked uh, Peter Mavia and them, could he, or, or whoever it was, could I manage him that night? And, and they said, of course. So I managed Lawler, and Lawler loved the way I managed. So that's when I got my break, and I got shot to the moon in Memphis. To get back to the original question, it all ties together. What I'm saying is, that's when I became very close with Rocky. Well, a little while later, Rocky came to work USWA or CWA at the time, which was the Memphis Territory. And he called me up and said, where are you staying? I said, well, you know, even though I'm a Memphis guy, I stayed in Nashville at the old Alamo Plaza Hotel Court. It's tore down now for years, but back then, it was a place that, you know, the boys could stay. He paid like 80 bucks a week. And it wasn't no fancy hotel, but you know, that's where we lived. <clears throat> Rocky had other plans when he came. He brought his son with him, Dewey, Dwayne. He had other plans, and I won't get into that because that's a whole <laughs> other story. But yeah. he asked me would I let his son live with me. You know, and of course I knew him, you know, from Hawaii and everything. I said, of course, Rocky. So Dwayne came and lived with me. Never, you know, expected it. Like I seen somebody put on the internet the other day, I laughed. It said, can you believe it? His dad dropped him off at a seedy motel. The seedy part of town has downtown Bruno for a father figure. <laughs> that was the deal. <laughs> and so uh, Dwayne lived with me at the Alamo Plaza, uh, and he loved to drive. And he was already 6'2 or whatever. He loved to drive. Well, I loved to drink beer. And back then, I was a problem drinker. I ain't going to lie. So we had an arrangement. At night, after the towns, we would drive to Lower Broadway in downtown Nashville. Well, now it's all gentrified. Now it's got hooters or whatever, you know, uh, Coyote Ugly, uh, Hollywood Planet, Planet Hollywood. Back then it was nothing but old redneck honky-tonks and beer joints, alcoholics, drug addicts, prostitutes, guys singing in the street with a bucket in front of them, you name it. It was the worst place you could be. So naturally, that's where me and Dwayne went every night after the town. And he would, he would drive me. I'd drink beer. He'd stand behind me in the bar. He looked like he was 30. And when he was that age. So anyway, we got real close and that was what we did. So uh, one night Rocky came down and was in Nashville for, for whatever reason, instead of staying where he was staying. And he wanted to stay with me and Dewey that night. So uh, 
I said, okay, well, we're getting ready to go out drinking. He goes, no, y'all ain't. You ain't going. What do you mean you're going out drinking? I said, don't worry. Dewey will drive. He goes, no, you ain't going. You're staying right here. And he says, I'm going to take your keys away to make sure. So what happened was Bob Owens, another old-time wrestler, he's not with us no more. He came over that night to visit. Rocky and him got drunk. They both went to sleep. So Dewey stole Bob, Bob Owens' keys, and we drove downtown anyway. We said, oh, they'll never know they're passed out. <laughs> we got well, up at 4 o'clock in the morning. There was Bob Owens and Rocky sitting on the little balcony in front of the hotel. I was we're in trouble now. But, but anyway, long story short, that's how me and Dewey got to be so close back then. We just we spent all our time together because nobody knew he was Rocky's son. Because, of course, Teddy will tell you, and I'm sure you know, back in those days, K-Fave was important. Oh, Baby yeah. Face and Heels was not seen together, period. But nobody knew he was Rocky's son. Right. So they just thought he was this big Puerto Rican guy hanging out with me. Well, yeah, some, well some, tell me this. I, now, how did you, was that call from Rocky for, to do the TV series, was that just out of the blue? Or did they give you the heads up on that? Or how did you get that call? Yeah, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that too. Yeah, I'll tell you the whole thing. Um, but anyway, I'll say this. It's funny. Everybody thought Dwayne was Puerto Rican when we was back then because they didn't, nobody in Tennessee ever met a Samoan, you know? And of course, he's <laughs> half black, but half, you know, Light skinned, so they thought he was Puerto Rican. But anyway, that was kind of funny. And I said, No, he's not Puerto Rican. Yeah. But uh, anyway, it's funny. You know, we were always close over the years. Like when he was WWE champion or whatnot, you know, I used to bring him his meals. And if he had to rent a car to be returned out, we always stay close. But naturally, his movie schedule got him, I hadn't heard from him in quite some time, except for occasional birthday text or something. And I understand that. I, and I do know that in a way, I was like, Miffled, and I didn't hear from him for a while. And I said, oh, but I know he's busy. I was walking down the street right out here in front of my house. I'm at my house right now. I was walking down the street. Normally, I don't bring my cell phone with me when I take my walk because that's my time. I take a walk every morning and every evening. Not that anybody cares, but I'm just sitting building up the story. You know? <laughs> but uh, I never bring my cell phone because that's my time, you know, to just nobody bother me, whatever. Yeah. I don't remember what the reason was. I might have been waiting on a phone call or I might have been whatever. I had my cell phone with me. Walking down the street and the phone rings. It's a number I didn't recognize. Normally I wouldn't pick it up. There's somebody trying to sell me a warranty for my car, which I don't need, <laughs> or pay off my student loans, which I never went to school. So, you know, whatever. So I says, uh, who is this? He goes, this is a voice from the past. And I didn't recognize it at first. I said, Okay, who is this? He goes, you remember Dewey? I said, oh my God, Dewey, what? And we got to talking. And he said, we're going to do a show called Young Rock about my childhood and my upbringing and my, you know, rise up into business and up into Hollywood, whatever. I said, oh, that's fantastic. And he says, you know, as me and the writers and producers were going over the script or, or whatever you call it for the show, he goes, your name kept coming up. Where did you live when you were young? I lived with Bruno. Who got you your first car? Bruno. Where did you, you know, who, who'd you travel with? Bruno. Who used to referee your matches? Bruno. He says, oh my God. He goes, I had to call my mother and get your number. And I got you. And we had a long talk. By the time we was hung up, we were both in tears. No joke. Because it's, we go back from, you know, whatever, 40 years or whatever. Yeah. And, in fact, some of the best episodes of Young Rock were the ones where he is staying with you in that hotel that you were talking about. And right. the connection that you two had, that was actually one of my favorite episodes that I've seen. Uh, was that whole, you know, relationship between the two of you? Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, the, the actor that plays me, Ryan Pinkston, who's a great mm -hmm. guy. 
we actually had Zoom meetings every week up until he started playing me. We still have a, I, I go to the set at least, well, every time they're doing a wrestling scene, I go to the set almost every time. Cause I don't need to be there when they're doing, you know, him in high school or whatever. But, uh, and Ryan and we had Zoom meetings, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> and uh, he's a real nice young guy, he's from Baltimore. So he don't sound like me. He sure don't have the gravel voice of me, but he don't have the accent. So he had to learn how to laugh like me, talk like me, and his mannerisms. And he did a fantastic job. He watched all YouTubes of me and just, I mean, he's a little shorter than me and a little stockier, but he's done a great job trying to portray me. So yeah, You're from he, he Mississippi? Another, are, you from, are you from Mississippi? Is that correct? Yeah, just okay, that's where the southern of, right outside of Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. So I was born in West Virginia, but I've been here basically my whole life. So yeah. let, let me ask you, uh, when it comes to some of the uh, people that you managed over the years, one of those people that I, I found interesting was Bertha. You and Bertha and that whole love story and everything. I don't think most people would know, though, you and Bertha weren't exactly meshing too well behind the scenes. No, we really weren't. I I'll say this. And, you know, she is no longer with us. And mm -hmm. I wish her no ill will, even if she was still alive. You know, I mean, I'm not that type of person anyway, but no, we, uh, we weren't friends. That's for sure. It was strictly a business thing. Like if she was still alive and a God bless, I wish she was. If, if she probably would have been at those conventions like me and Teddy were talking about. Yep. Um, I would certainly be friendly to her and cordial. And if they wanted me and her to be in the booth together because of our deal, I would do it in a heartbeat. So it's not that, but as far as business, it was just, we weren't on the same page, you know, it's just. But the good it, thing was though, that that angle really did work with a lot of fans and that whole love angle thing. So you guys pulled it off, even though you didn't get along behind the scenes. Right, right. Well, that's, you know, that's as far as I'm concerned, business is business. Unless it's somebody that I absolutely despise, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 said I, the word, I said the word for you, despise. Yes. Yeah, so certain there, people, are, there are some people in this business that you simply despise. You ain't lying. And here's, here's what the cool thing is. We're on this great podcast right now, and I've done other podcasts with different folks. I don't even mention those people. I'm not going to honor them or glorify them by even saying their name. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. I told Mac just the other day we were talking about a certain individual, and I said to him this. I said, my mother always told me if I didn't have anything good to say about somebody, then don't say nothing at all. So that's exactly how I am about it, because I'm not going to, you know, spill into that. You know, all that is is just right. propaganda. I ain't got time for that. Well, well, uh, Harvey, I have well, seen. Harvey, I wanna... no, we got to go to break, Mac? No, no, no. No break. No break. We're going to go oh, right well... on through. Okay, well, I just want to say to Harvey, man, thanks so much, you know, for being a part of this one-on-one uh, -on -one and, and telling your story about Young Rock, because I guarantee you, nobody, not, none of the fans or nobody knew that you was that, you you know, you were the man behind the scenes and growed up, you know, with Rock when he was a kid and everything. And brother, he didn't forget about you. You know, he thought, you know, he remembered that you took care of him. So, man, that's, you know, if a lot of other guys was like that, man, this would be a lot better business. So, Harvey, thanks again, man. Thank you so much. Well, oh, thank you. We're not wrapping up already, are No, we? no, no. I got I got more oh, questions good. for you, so don't go anywhere. <laughs> oh, I ain't going anywhere. I'm enjoying it. I was going to say to uh, expand on what uh, Teddy just said, what you asked a little while ago. Um, here's the uh, funny thing. You know, we asked about the phone call from Dwayne and all that. Well, fast forward, forward you, know, you know, back when he was 14 and 15, 
uh, is when, you know, he was driving me around in Nashville and we were stealing Bob Owens' car, whatever. Well, fast forward to when he was 25 is when he broke in the wrestling business. And that's when Rocky called me again and said, hey, guess what? My son's breaking in the business and he's starting out there in Memphis. He doesn't have any money and no place to stay. I said, well, he does have a place to stay. And he stayed with me again when he first broke in the business, because I was back home here in Wallace, Mississippi, which is a suburb of Memphis, so you may as well say Memphis. Um, and he came down and stayed with me until he got some checks under his belt. He went, I helped him uh, find a place to stay. You know, he wanted his privacy, you know. But uh, he stayed with me for several months until he uh, got his own place. And, and that's back when I lived in my trailer up in Lakeview, which is here in Wallace. And strangely enough, about two months ago, he came down then did CBS Good Morning, Good Morning CBS, whatever it's called. And we came, and you can look it up online, I believe. He came up to Lakeville. We, the people that I sold the trailer two years ago still live there, a Mexican family. They, is it okay if we film here at your trailer, this, that, and the other? And, uh, oh, yes, yes. Can we meet Dwayne and have a picture? Of course. And we, he came back down to Walls and did, did uh, CBS Good Morning in front of the old trailer in Lakeview. So that was a, a wonderful deal. Didn't you didn't you buy him his first truck or his first automobile? Yeah, yes, I did. Yeah, that, yes, that's I a, did. that's a true story, huh? True story, hundred percent true. Hey, and we guys, were downtown. Go we're ahead, talking about one of the we're talking about one of the hottest movie stars in Hollywood today, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, man. <laughs> and, and you bought him his first vehicle, but in return, he did something for you. Bought me a brand new. Uh, Ford F-150 sitting out in front of my in my driveway right now. And uh, I don't drive it much. I drive it to special occasions, right? Or, or I drive it. I, I drive it, but I, I have a red truck with, with, that I usually drive around. So I'm not going to wear out my brand new truck. I want it to last me the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. I don't oh, blame yeah. you. I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, we're all three cheap here, just as I can tell already. So exactly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, let me ask you. Um, I know that you say you you don't like to talk ill with people and we're not going to ask you to talk ill, but there was one incident that I remember way back when you actually kind of went off the handle on a live TV program, wrestling program, early days, you attacked an announcer. Is that correct? I'm trying to remember. It was an announcer or somebody. I remember you attacking. I'll tell you the story. And I don't mind saying this because he's not a guy that's everybody knows. You know what I mean? I wouldn't want to talk about using this for example, of course, I'm just saying if I didn't like Teddy, and you said, well, how do you feel like Teddy Long? I'd say, I'd rather not talk about Teddy Long. You know, that'd be the extent, yeah. oh, you know what I'm saying, of my, the reason I'm using him, for example, because everybody knows we're good friends. So, yeah. but anyway, this is different. Now, Memphis territory where I, you know, where I got my got my button, where I became a made guy, you know, if it was like the mafia, you know. Um, I worked there for years. That's where I got my first break. It's my home. It's, it was my whole life. So, years later, they hired some guy now, him, I'm not going to glorify him by mentioning his name. They hired a guy to come in, be like the chief operating officer of Memphis Wrestling. And Lawler and Jerry Jarrett, I let him do it. Jerry Jarrett ended up selling his share of the company to this guy. So this guy had points in the company. So he had some say-so. He didn't know no more about running the wrestling business than I know about flying a jet airplane. But he thought he knew everything, this guy. So for years, as y'all probably know there was an announced team named dave brown and lance russell yes that was the the face and the voice of memphis wrestling well he decided he wasn't gonna pay them no more he wasn't gonna pay no more so 
So I've got this guy who just came out of the broadcasting school that'll do it. And then the, another guy named Michael St. John, who had done wrestling before, was going to do it for a lot cheaper than Dave and Lance. So there's Dave and Lance gone. And Michael St. John, good guy. I mean, they, they called him up and said, hey, you know, Lance Russell quit, Dave Brown quit. Would you come in for X amount of dollars? So I don't blame him. There's this young guy from the broadcasting school that didn't know his ass from his elbow. Excuse my French. Okay. Working for free. He said he just wants to work for free just to be on TV. Then we had, we had uh, some part-time referees that just did TV and did uh, some of the spot shows around the Memphis area, which is fine. They, did, they, they uh, didn't get paid for TV, but they get paid for the spot shows. Well, I always got paid because I was like I told him, this is professional wrestling. Professional means you get paid. I'm not trying to break you. You know, so I, so we were there at Channel 5 one morning. I'd been there for over 30 years or something like that. And Larry Burton walks in and says, well, from now on, we're not going to pay you no more to be on TV. I said, what? He goes, Bill Rush. I shouldn't. I didn't want to say names, but never mind. Bill Rush, who works at the auto parts store. Decent referee. I'm not going to put him down, but didn't do it for a living like me. Yep. Bill Rush said, if we'll let him uh, do the matches at the Coliseums, house shows, besides just the spot shows, he'll referee on TV for free. So we're not going to pay you no more. So well, if you ain't going to pay me, I ain't going to do it. And I was in charge of the rings at the time, too. I was in charge of putting up the rings. I didn't own the rings. I was in charge of putting it up, yep. taking it down, having my own ring crew, the whole bit. So Larry Burton goes, not like that. Bill Rush is better than you anyway. He put his finger in my chest. Man, I reached back and I punched him in the face as hard as I could. Bam! He reached back, grabbed me by the throat. I grabbed him by the throat. Now we're in this uh, room with all kind of dials and monitors and, and, and switchboards and whatnot. Probably a million dollars worth of equipment. Yep. He shoved me back against one. I shoved him back against the other. Lawler and Mike Samples come in. They're breaking us up. But they're laughing like hell at the same time. As Lawler even said later, he goes, Jesus Christ, I didn't know we had another bruiser Brody on our hands with Bruno. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so, I, I'm sorry, I was, I was going to say, when you when that happened, the story kind of really didn't go too far. You had like one blow-off match maybe or something. Was that true? No, no. Let me tell you what happened. Larry Burton says, you're fired. You're fired. That's it. You, you Get out of here. Get out of here. So... About that time, there was a match in the ring. And I looked out, and Bill Rush was out there referee. He, he came back. And a lot, and then the announcer, Tony Friedman, along with, the, I said his name, oh, well. Tony Friedman and Michael St. John were out there calling a match. Or no, they weren't calling a match. They were saying, hey, coming up next, whatever. I says, Lawler. I says, I'd like to kick this bleep out of Tony Friedman. He goes, run out there and do it on TV. I said, are you serious? He goes, I dare you. I says, hold my glasses. <laughs> I ran out, dived over the desk yep. on live Memphis TV. That's what I remember. You. Yes. And it's on YouTube. It says when downtown Bruno attacks. I didn't put it on there. Somebody else did. But I ran out there and I beat the bleep out of that son of a gun. <laughs> I mean, I beat him to the point where his head was swollen up like a foot. I was hitting him at the top of the head. The and they all came out and... and James Beard is a great guy, but he was he was working there. He came out with two of the referees to pull me off of this guy. They finally didn't. Bill Rush was one of the guys, the one that took my spot. So they're pulling me back. Bill Rush sucker punches me on live TV. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. 
knocked me on the floor. So anyway, long story short, there was no blow off or nothing. I was gone. Okay. So this goof named Tony Meyer, well, I'm, I'm not even drinking. I'm drinking <laughs> this guy named Tony Myers, who was a job boy, who I got him into Memphis wrestling too. He says, I'll take over the rings. I'll take over the rings. The next Saturday morning, don't forget this is live TV. The next Saturday morning, the ring fell down on live TV. Because <laughs> he didn't have a clue how to put it up properly or fix it if something went wrong. So <laughs> they had Steve Dahl, great guy. He's no longer with us, God bless him. One of the well-done tag team. He was working in Memphis at the time. They knew we were good friends. Now bear in mind, this is back when we had the answering machine sitting on our table, you know, at home. There was no cell phones then. You know how it was that you, you'd voice, hi, this is Mac Davis, leave me a message at the top, yeah. and you'd listen. And you, hey, Max, Bruno, pick up. Okay, you pick up, whatever. So I'm sitting there in my house watching this. Steve Dahl, hey, Bruno, this is Steve. Uh, listen, they've decided to lift your suspension. Um, uh, he goes, hey, shh, they're listening to me. I know you're here. Don't hang, don't pick up, don't pick up. Yeah, um, we've got a problem with the ring. If you could uh, come help us up. Uh, don't pick up, don't pick up. Hey, he knew I was watching. <laughs> so finally, Larry Burton calls me later. And, you know, we've decided to reinstate you. I said, no, you decided that Tony Myers don't know how to put the ring up and take it down or fix it when it breaks. <laughs> so I got Tony uh, Myers fired. I got my ring crew hired back. She fired all them too. And I got my job back for more money. So the best <laughs> thing I ever did. <laughs> and I, I hate to cut because we're running out of time. We are, our Zoom time's running out. The um, one thing I do want to get across, first of all, how do people contact you, Bruno, and, and find out more uh, information, any merchandise sales, anything like that? Well, I'll tell you this. I have a friend, actually, Teddy met him at WrestleCade. His name's Dan Matthews. Remember the guy that had the shirt on? Yeah. The one I'm wearing? Yeah. yeah. He's got a Facebook page. It's called Downtown Bruno Bookings and Appearances. He handles it. He monitors it. He does the whole thing. So, uh, uh, yeah, uh, anytime you want to, anybody wants me for a booking or appearance, uh, email, wherever the word is, message him on that Facebook, Downtown Bruno Bookings and Appearances, and uh, he'll get back with whoever it is and, and, and take care of it. Sounds good. We're going to have to get you back, too, because 30 minutes on this show goes so fast, and we need just scratching the surface so far. I'd love to. This was a lot of fun. We, we, hey, we enjoyed having you here, Teddy. It's like an easy day for you and I. We just kind of sit back and listen. Well, I enjoyed <laughs> it, man. I, I, I learned too. a lot of stuff, you know, and I, some of the stuff that Bruno was talking about, I never knew anything about that. I never knew he uh, just... <laughs> just turned into to Tarzan on live TV. Oh, you got you got to go see that. By the way, again, what is it? Uh, Bruno attacks downtown. Bruno when downtown attacks. Bruno attacks, yeah. Okay, and, uh, well, yes, I'm going to go pull we, it up. Yes, as soon as we hang up here, man, I'm going to take a look at that. And once again, Harvey, we want to say thank you so much for being a part of one on one today, man. And we're definitely going to have you back on the show. Hey, I, I'd love to come back. And right quick before we had get through, if y'all would. Uh, Contact that uh, message board I told you about, uh, Downtown Bruno Bookings and Appearances, and Dan will put it on there about when this is going to air so people can uh, watch it. Okay, well, Mac will get take care of all that for you, brother. Don't worry. And we'll put it down at the bottom, put the credits, and so people will know exactly where to get in contact you. Thanks, my friends. Call anytime. Thank you, all brother. Right. Thank we you. appreciate it. Thank I'm Mac friends. Davis. Bye-bye for now. That's Downtown Bruno, and that is WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long, and this has been One on One. Holla.